0: in front of me Mm -mm. my very sacred (laughs) co-host and most lovely sister Hannah how are you
1: (laughs) I'm not sure about that one but I'll take it
0: it's not my best work but you know we'll we'll go with it
1: (laughs) um I'm good I'm tired because of school stuff but I'm cued
0: uh, this is our first time recording Separated Again. How do you feel now that you're not sitting in a chair staring at me while we record?
1: <laughs> um, it's less fun when I can't see you and mess with you while you're trying to talk. But I was
0: going to say it feels a lot safer for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that tracks. I guess that's kind of a, oh, an issue of my own making. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, Hannah, I know you had a story you wanted to share up top with uh, me and the listeners.
1: Well, I have actually two stories because first um, I did have a story I wanted to tell you, but then also that me making it a not safe place reminded me of like (sighs) when (laughs) one of my favorite things and one of the most like indicative things about me as a person was when I was like one of my first boyfriends. You know, like, you and I grew up with, like, three brothers, so Mm -hmm. I would do this thing to him where, like, I would wait at night till he was right about to fall asleep, and then I would (sighs) flick him in the nipple. Yep. (laughs) And he hated it so much, but I thought it was so funny. I can't
0: imagine why he didn't like that,
1: (laughs) And I did it for, like, six or seven months, and then one day he was, like, I think we were drugged, maybe, but he was, like, very earnestly, he was, like, can you stop flicking my nipple? I really hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you please leave my poor nipple? alone? He was alone. like, "I
1: don't feel safe in my own bed," and I was like, "Okay."
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. That like, especially because you would wait right till he was falling asleep. That's like, that is maniacal. Maniacal is the word I should have used to describe my co-host. Mark it
1: in the books. Too too bad. You already used sacred and now that's what I that's what I get. Um, no, so then my other story I was going to tell you was, um, that recently I was talking to a friend of mine and he was trying to like describe our podcast, but he did it in such a way where I was like, oh, you've never listened to the podcast before (laughs) because, and it was funny too because he was kind of trying to like brag about it or like, you know, like like, um be supportive and, like, bring it up. But then when he did that, it was also just like, oh, you don't know what what you're talking about. But he said very proudly, um, he said, Hannah does a lesbian horror movie podcast with her sister.
0: <laughs> How would that even work?
1: And I was like, What? Does he think that
0: we're lesbians and we're dating? Because I don't think that's legal.
1: No, I think he thinks that we only review lesbian horror movies.
0: Oh, fascinating. So, hey, maybe it's not that he's never listened to the podcast. It's just that he's only listened to, like, one episode. Like, maybe he only listened to the one episode about the, like, teen vampire movie that was all about sexuality and lesbians that I can't remember the name of that we liked.
1: Hmm... One called Bit.
0: Yeah, maybe he just only listened to get, the episode about bit. Get, bit. Oh yeah, how could I forget how much Dana loved saying get
1: bit. Did you get bit. <laughs> oh my
0: god. <laughs> um, well, I have a story for you, which is that on Friday evening I can't even remember now what context this happened in, but my fiance and I were watching T V and um what were we watching? I made a joke about like wanting a character on some TV show to be my life coach and just completely earnestly and without missing a beat. Jeremy goes, you're my life coach. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Yeah.
1: You're like, I'll take it.
0: It's a huge compliment.
1: That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh my God. So funny. So anyway, I am super excited to talk about the movie that we're recording about today. So to give folks some background, Hannah and I actually watched this movie together with my fiance, Jeremy, when she was here for the holidays and intended to record an episode while she was here. But then we were just having so much fun and doing so many activities that we didn't have time. So... um, Too much fun! (laughs) Exactly. So I actually ended up re-watching this movie this week because I was like I don't remember a lot of like I remembered the basics but I feel like I was like wow if I had to try to talk cogently about this movie I wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. um, but I'm gonna do the synopsis if that's cool with you since I just watched it like yeah it
1: works for me so please explain <laughs> our latest lesbian horror film <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be
0: so awesome in the context of what I'm about to describe so Hannah and I today are reviewing. The sequel to the 2007 cult classic Black Water, we are covering Black Water Abyss, released in 2020, which is about a giant lesbian crocodile who's really <laughs> angry that everyone is in her space. Um, no, just kidding. So, this movie is about a group of friends who are exploring like a remote, as of yet undiscovered cave system in northern Australia, and then they get stuck. And then they realize that they are not alone in this cave system. So it's directed by Andrew Trauke, who um, I also know because he did The Reef, um, which you watched with me, right? I mean, virtually we weren't together. um, So for anyone who doesn't know The Reef, you probably know by now from hearing Hannah and I talk, we're into monster movies. Like, I love a good shark movie, and I've now learned that I also love... Crocodile and alligator movies. Mm -hmm. Um, The Reef was a really impressive shark movie that came out in 2010. And Andrew Trouke, his sort of like main signature, I would say, with these kinds of films is that he doesn't like to use and doesn't want to use CGI effects on Mm -hmm. the sharks or crocodiles. And so what he does is it's all real footage of in this movie, it's all real footage of shark of crocodiles, and they sort of like are splicing it into the same scene where actors are, so you get this really, really stellar effect. So, um, Hannah, I think you found the trailer for this after we watched Crawl. Why don't you tell yeah. me, like, what was your impression of uh Blackwater Abyss before we get into our like deeper conversation?
1: Um, well, yeah, like. I happened upon or I think it was suggested to me on my phone because our phones are listening to us. All the time. And after we talked about how much we loved Crawl, we were like, is this a genre? Like, it was so fun. I hope there's more movies like this. And then um the next day my phone was like <laughs> beep beep, check this out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I saw the trailer and I thought it looked super fun. Um, because, like you said, like, you and I both love a good, like, creature feature. Any kind of, like, shark movie or large animal that's attacking things. But... I have to say, like, I was expecting this to be, like, fun, but I was not expecting it to be, like, good, necessarily. Yeah. And I was... Ended up being really surprised that it was actually really good. Like, the the effect like of the, of the crocodile mm-hmm. alligator. Crocodile crocodile. I get confused. Cause we remember when we were watching it, we were reading the trivia and in the trivia, someone wrote like, as like a goof, um, oh, yeah. that in, in several shots of the up close, uh, crocodile, you could tell it's actually an alligator. We were like, Ooh. Oh, how embarrassing for them. Um, <laughs> But the 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 work they did with that was so good. Like, there were, I mean, I was actually, like, squirming watching the movie. Like, yeah, because it was tense and I was freaking out. I really, really liked it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think we both sort of went into this expect, like, I don't think I knew going into it that it was the same guy who did The Reef. And we had just watched The Reef this summer and I was so impressed by it. For anyone that hasn't seen The Reef, if you even just Google like gifs from that movie, there is a sequence where all these people who have been shipwrecked are like floating in a huddled group because a shark has been following them and has been picking off members of their group. And there's a scene where a shark kind of like breaches the water and bumps into them Mm -hmm. right next to them. And yes, they used CGI to knit the two scenes together, but it's very clear that it is a real shark. So even though mentally you know that the actors were not that close to the real shark it is horror it is a like viscerally terrifying um clip and so as soon as i figured out that this was the same guy i was like oh we're in for a treat because (laughs) i think he has really um perfected this technique of being able to stitch in these sequences And so I'm with you. Like this movie was so fun, but it was also very good. The three of us were all really tense. Mm -hmm. And there was one sequence in particular that I remember made me like scream really loud. And when I rewatched it this week, it it got me like I knew it was coming and it still got me really good. Um, So just to go a little bit deeper on the plot, this movie is essentially two couples that are friends that are going to explore this cave with a guy named Cash. So you have the one group is Jennifer and Eric, and we get the impression sort of early on that they, their relationship is struggling. I think she is worried that he isn't satisfied or maybe is considering other options. And it seems like Eric is really the, the gung ho like outdoorsy one who's kind of leading this expedition. And then you have their friends, Yolanda and Victor, um, And Yolanda of their, their pairing sort of seems to be the more like outgoing adventurous one. It's very much set up that like Jennifer and Victor are a little bit more hesitant. Victor's never been caving at all. Jennifer I think has, but seems pretty reluctant. And then Cash is a friend of Eric's who is the one who found this cave. Um, I want to ask you right off the bat because this struck me both times I watched it. Cash says that he found this cave when they were looking for a couple of missing tourists. (laughs) So this movie has a cold open where a, a couple is sort of out hiking and they appear to be lost and they fall in a cave and one of them dies from the fall but the other one gets attacked by the crocodile. We don't see the crocodile but we know that she gets attacked by something. And so I just want to know right off the bat, Hannah, if your friend was like, I discovered this remote undiscovered cave while I was looking for missing tourists. Would you just be like, oh, yeah, chill. Let's go check it out.
1: Well, that was so good because, like, we we decided to make up a drinking game to mm-hmm. play along with the movie without having seen the movie before. And we were, like, just guessing from this kind of movie. Like, one of the things that we did was an someone ignores an obvious sign of danger. And so that was, like, one of the first things that was said in the movie. And we were, like, we were, like, Drake! It was, like,
0: everyone finish your
1: beers. Yeah. It's it was so, so funny that they were, like, yeah, we were literally looking for two disappeared people right around here. And I found this cave. We should go in there.
0: Yeah. It's such a bad idea. Um So the vibe of this movie is very much like The Descent meets Crawl. Like if you I feel like not only are they in a cave, so you get that sort of like claustrophobia aspect. But I think as the plot, as the character side of the plot gets unveiled, I think we also get some character dynamics that are similar to what happens in The Descent. Do you think that's a fair thing to say?
1: Well, like, yeah, so um, it's extremely similar concept. Um, especially, like, we haven't even broken down, like, the marital, um, interminglings that are yeah. revealed.
0: I mean, I think we can get into it if you want to start
1: talking Yeah, about it. so, like, I mean, right off the bat, it's Australian. Is it, a, and a descent is British or Australian?
0: I believe the descent is Scottish.
1: Okay. Now I'm going to look um, it up. Keep talking. But, I mean, same kind of deal. We've got, um, like... People with accents (laughs) exploring um, an unknown cave that is, like, obviously dangerous and um, everyone involved is ignoring the danger. Um, But then, like, in this, like, yeah, we're introduced very early on that one of the couples is having, like, some marital issues where there's, like, no trust. Like, she's, like, looking through his phone. And then... At the same time when they meet up with their friends for their trip her her friend Yolanda is like, "I'm pregnant, but I haven't told anyone yet,
0: and she hasn't told her her partner yet her either. partner,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's also like, what a great thing to tell your friend who's scared about this cave you're going to explore Be like by the way, I'm pregnant." <laughs> And
0: it's like it's also awkward because of course Yolanda doesn't know that Jennifer and Eric are having marital problems, but we as the viewer know. So when Yolanda's like, "I haven't told Victor yet," like I'm worried that he like won't be happy or something. And then she's like, "What about you and Eric? Are you gonna have kids?" And it's just Jennifer's yeah. like, "Oh, I don't know. Like I just feel like maybe he wants to fuck other people. Like that's not what she says, but it's a really, basically, it's yeah, a really uncomfortable scene."
1: Yeah, and especially like, um, when you think about it in the context of what we later find out that Yolanda's baby is actually the is actually like the father of her baby is actually not her partner but the other woman's partner. Yeah,
0: Eric is the father of her baby. We don't know that for sure, but it seems it seems pretty like likely. It. Yeah, we but learned like, that Victor had survived cancer and had undergone so much chemo and radiation that they thought that he thought he was sterile so Mm -hmm. it's interesting because like when he finds out that Yolanda's pregnant he's like it's a miracle like at no point does he think anything might have happened but as soon as Jennifer finds out she's like oh fuck
1: (laughs) yeah and well then she yeah because she's looking at like Yolanda's camera and sees a bunch of pictures of them and she's like and then it all like you know comes like all clicks into place and it's like oh fuck (laughs) but yeah like um if i just i wish i actually because i didn't since i didn't rewatch it i would like to go back and rewatch that scene because that scene was uncomfortable enough on its own but if you think about the fact that like she's telling her friend about her pregnancy and her friend's boyfriend or husband is probably the father Yeah, like that's so wild. But that's also very similar to The Descent.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you get at the end of the day, this movie becomes a movie about people who are trapped in a small claustrophobic space and facing imminent death. And as though that's not tense enough, we have to add this like truly very heart wrenching Uh, personal drama which is which again like made it feel very similar to the descent which has i don't want to spoil the descent but just like if you haven't watched it it is over 15 years old so go do that so you're
1: welcome for not spoiling it because we don't owe you anything exactly
0: (laughs) um so yeah they like they find this cave they lower themselves in and Before they go into the cave, they're sort of looking... They have, like, a GPS weather thing that they're looking at, and there's a big storm, but it looks like it's going to miss them. So... And the sky looks clear. So they go into this cave, and they kind of uh, are spelunking a bit and going through little uh, tunnels and things, but they eventually come into this huge chamber that has some water in it, but they can... There's, like, land around the edges. Mm -hmm. And then they hear this noise and water comes flooding into the chamber and they realize that the storm must have hit and the river overflowed its banks and so now they're flooded in the way that they came in is now underwater which in and of itself would be dangerous and scary enough except they also realize pretty quickly that there is a (laughs) giant crocodile in the water and that crocodiles are territorial and he's gonna uh, they say he, but I like the idea that it's a lesbian crocodile. So she <laughs> is going to keep coming after them until they're all dead. Um,
1: yeah. Well, also because when they find the nest, aren't there like eggs and shit?
0: Uh, or am I thinking
1: of crawl? You're remembering crawl. Okay. <laughs> um. But no, I agree with you. We're for the. You know, like I I agree. It's a lesbian crocodile.
0: I also just like love the. Because of where this movie ends up, like, I love the idea that it's a lady croc who's just, like, taking mm-hmm. out all these, like, mediocre men.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, but I was going to say, like, another thing that is also similar to The Descent in, in um, like, your description of this movie, well, excuse me, was, um, is that in, I remember when I was watching The Descent back when I was in, like, ninth or tenth grade, like, um, when we were all watching it, in the beginning when they're spelunking, there's some very, very tight spaces that they yeah. go through. And I remember, like, my friends and I watching it were like, this would be scary enough on its own. Like, just the right. spelunking, like, without anything else. And so this movie reminds me of that, too, because then it's like, oh, you remember that scene from The Descent where they had to squeeze through a really small space and it was extremely tense and, and like, someone thought they were going to get stuck? What could I do to recreate that but make it even worse? Oh, I know. I'll do the same thing but fill it with water.
0: Yeah. Like, a, <laughs> right, right? Like, There's a sequence in this where a guy is traveling through a tunnel that is small, like small enough that he can't stand, but it's not so small that he would be worried about getting stuck but then his boot gets stuck in the rocks and the water is just deep enough that he can't get his head out of the water. And like that sequence is so tense because now you have the fear of getting stuck and the fear of drowning and you have a crocodile. It's just like,
1: yeah. And it's like, you don't want to make when you're, when you're in the like actively drowning, you're trying not to make too much noise in (laughs) case you attract the crocodile. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I found out when I was researching this movie that this was one of the first movies that rolled out um, in theaters in the UK, um, like post COVID lockdown earlier in 2020, like when things went back to quote unquote normal. I mean, obviously we are all still living under COVID, but when things were allowed to reopen in the UK in the spring and summer, this was one of the first movies that came out. And I, had so much fun watching it with you and Jeremy. And I don't know that it would have come out in theaters here, but God, this would have been so much fun to see on a big screen.
1: I agree. Especially since the effects of the crocodile were so good. Yeah. Those like terrifying barrel roll maneuvers, Mm -hmm. like on a big screen, I would have been toast. (laughs) It
0: would have been really intense. Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of that the crocodile scares because they were so good. The one that I think is my favorite throughout the movie is at one point Cash and Eric. So, when they initially the way they initially discover that there's a crocodile in the water, Jennifer before the before the cave floods, she sees something in the water. And then the cave immediately floods and she's saying, you know, I'm not going to get in the water there. I saw something in there. And everyone's kind of telling her, like, the only way to get out of the cave is to get out of the water, the, or to go in the water. The water level's rising, so if we don't get out of here, we're all going to be in the water eventually. So we need to get out. um And they all try to get in the water together, and Victor gets attacked by the crocodile. And he doesn't die, but he is pretty badly hurt and is bleeding profusely. So then Eric is like, well, "Yeah, we of get us- some
1: of us wounds that are also pretty well done.
0: Yeah. And so Eric's like, okay, some of us have to get out of here so we can get help. So he and Cash are gonna go try to swim out through the tunnel that they came in to to try to call for help because they have a satellite phone, but they obviously don't get service in the cave. So there is this great sequence where they get separated and Cash (coughs) keeps seeing air bubbles Mm -hmm. like 20 yards away. But he keeps going under the water and the water's too brackish so we can only see right in front of him and he keeps going under and coming out and going under and coming out. Um and eventually there's a great scene where a croc just kind of like floats in front of him and it looks like it doesn't see him and that scene is terrifying and then we get a scene that made me scream really loud which is the crocodile <laughs> kind of comes in from the side and grabs him by the ribs. Um. so I loved that scare I thought the air bubbles were super effective and I have to ask you Hannah because we talked about this when we watched it like would you look under the water like I don't know if I would I honestly feel like maybe I'd be like it's just better if I don't know
1: yeah like honestly even you asking me that question I'm like oh I'm scared like <laughs> yeah like that scene was so terrifying I don't know I don't know that I could because also like when you go under the water like that to look, it's not like your eyes are open, like, as, you know what I mean? Like, you, you close your eyes to dunk your head, and then you open your eyes. Right. Not like you open your eyes as you go into the water. So, you'd also have to, mm. in that situation, close your eyes for a split second, and then open them. Yeah. So, To me, that would make it 10 times more terrifying because I would be like, okay, now I'm going to open my eyes underwater and the crocodile's going to be like staring directly into into my face. Like what it – oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I would just freak out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what it reminds me of is um, I studied abroad in South Africa when I was in college and we went shark cage diving. And we did not – when I say we went shark cage diving, it probably looked – different than what you're anticipating. We didn't do the kind where we had oxygen masks and we were in a tank that was, or in a cage that was completely submerged. Instead, it was a cage that was sort of like narrow and long. So it fit five people standing shoulder to shoulder. And there was about two feet of cage above the water and then about six feet of cage below the water. So that essentially what you did is none of us had a, like a scuba setup, you would just kind of lift your head out of the water to breathe and then go back under but what that meant was like every time you went under you like you were safe you were in a cage but like every time you went under you risked just like literally looking directly into the eyes of a shark being like less than a foot away from your face because you couldn't always see them. Like unless their fin was breaching the top, Mm -hmm. you couldn't always see them from what, because you weren't, I mean the water was clear enough that if you were on the boat, you could very clearly see where all the sharks were, but you didn't have enough perspective to look down from inside the cage. And so there were multiple times where I would like lower myself under and there would be a shark like right there.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's like a, yeah, a whole other level of shark cage diving. It's like, in case you wanted this to be even more scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was intense. I mean, I guess the upside to it was you had a level of control where, like, if I got really freaked out, I could take my head out of the water and then I couldn't see the sharks. But then it's mm-hmm. like, I can't see them, but they're still there. <laughs> like, yeah, it was seriously. a very interesting experience. <laughs> um. So, what about you? Were there other, like, other kills or scares that stood out to you? I feel like I stole the good one. Like, Ugh, that one, on is one is so
1: good. So good. And just, like, because that's also after he's been separated from the other guy, because the other guy was, like, drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just that scene of that guy, like, drowning or thinking he was going to drown was pretty terrifying.
0: Yeah. I mean, the water's so shallow, like, his hands are coming mm-hmm. out of the water, but he can't get his can't head up. because of oh. his boot.
1: Yep. So I t- love t- I loved that because I was like, we're now at a point where, like, um, you know, we've seen the crocodile a few times and established it's pretty gigantic and pretty scary. But then I was like, oh, water alone is still terrifying. Right. Um, I think maybe – well, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, we were saying that um, – Again, like part of our drinking game that we made up like before we had seen the movie was um, we were going to like drink every time someone got bit by the crocodile. But if, if somebody got like fully eaten, then we had to finish our drinks.
0: Although I was arguing that it could only be if they got eaten on screen because I was like otherwise we're going to be so drunk.
1: Right, right. (laughs) But then like, you know, a lot of it, yeah, like they, they didn't, you know, like the first lady who got eaten, they didn't show it. And then Victor got bit. Victor got bit. But then he didn't like get eaten. And then cash got eaten but did we don't we didn't see, it, see it We just
0: that's the best is like it's the air bubble thing and then once the crocodile bites him we just see him get dragged down a tunnel that's like getting narrower and narrower and then he just goes under
1: yeah 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 so that was like really scary too but again we still didn't like see it Right. so I think my favorite kill was Victor because he was the first person we really saw get like ripped to shreds by the...
0: Yeah, because he, he survives the first attack, but then mm-hmm. the croc comes for him later.
1: Yeah, and he was like, oh, and it was so awful, too, because it at that point, you know, we've seen a handful of people get attacked or or, like, killed, but we haven't actually seen it, seen it. Mm-hmm. And we've had time, ample time for Victor to, like, give us his whole backstory of surviving cancer and like not wanting to go cave diving because he didn't want to like chance it since he's already almost died once. Yep. Like we've and then him being like it's a miracle that my wife is pregnant and, and he like
0: he loves her so much. Also he has asthma so we watch him almost oh, die right. from asthma like five fucking like times like when they can't get times. him his when they can't get him his inhaler. And it's like he keeps surviving against all odds until he doesn't.
1: Until he doesn't. And then when he doesn't, damn, does he get eaten hard. Yeah.
0: It's, oh, man, it's rough. And Yolanda's not there when it happens. So she comes back. Like, she and Eric are trying to find a way out. They think they have found another potential exit. And it gets too narrow and they can't get out. Um and she, she and Eric comes back and she's like, where's Victor? And and while she's gone is when Jennifer figures out, right, that like mm-hmm. her partner is the father of the baby. And she, Yolanda comes back and is like, where's Eric? And she's like, he's gone. And it's like so hard because you can tell that like she cared about Victor and she was the one that was tasked with keeping him alive. And she is obviously sad, but she's also like, fuck all y'all. Like, I didn't even want to be here.
1: Yeah. She's like, I didn't even want to be here. He just died. I just saw it. You were cheating on him anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So many things going on in that moment. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, because it was like he got like he got like, Bitten and then like, just like corkscrew rolled and then like he gets slammed. dragged around a little bit like yeah, uh, jaws like deep,
0: style like yeah over across the water yeah it's really rough
1: yeah I was thinking of like in Deep Blue Sea when um the doctor falls in the water oh. when they're climbing yeah. and then she and then the shark like jumps up and is just like flailing her around yeah oh. it's that kind of a vibe
0: yep exactly well and so then. these are three surviving people. We have Eric and the two women. We have our problematic love triangle at the center of the film and they're (laughs) trying to leave. And it's so tense because like Yolanda is understandably in shock and panicking because Victor has been killed and she's scared. And Eric is trying to help her. And Jennifer is sort of like, fuck both of you. Like I don't have time for this. Like It's a really I think it creates a really great dynamic again like they are able to up the tension outside of like in case the cave and the crocodiles were not stressful enough (laughs) Um, but then the crocodile starts to come at them and Eric you know does the valiant uh, masculine thing and is like I will sacrifice myself so that the two of you can live And Jennifer does that thing that we all hate where he's like, I will willingly get eaten by this crocodile to save you. And she just stands there going like, no. And it's like, if you don't move, he will have died for no reason. Yeah. Get out of the cave.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, that happens in every movie where the person is like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And then the other person's like, okay. Um, like, I'm really upset about this, but I appreciate what you're doing. And then the person goes to do it and they just stop and stand there and watch it happen.
0: And I know we sound very callous because of course, like, these are people with feelings and you're watching someone you love die. But it's like, it's so frustrating in the context of a movie to watch it happen. Because it's like, you just got to get out of there. Um, So Hannah, why don't you tell us about the third act of the movie? Like what happens after Eric gets eaten?
1: Okay, so this was also the best, and also similar to The Descent in a way, because once they made the, like, reveal clear that Yolanda's baby was Eric's, I was like, oh, wow, this really is, like, a lot like The Descent, and in The Descent, there's, like, a fake-out ending, so... Well,
0: one of the endings is a fake-out ending. The Descent actually has two different endings.
1: Right. Depends on, like, where you watch it, right? Yep. Well, I was wondering, like, is it going to be like that? Um, And I guess we're not spoiling The Descent, but...
0: Okay, I guess we're kind of spoiling it. At this point, spoilers for The Descent. Just skip ahead, like, 30 seconds if you don't want to have it spoiled.
1: Because I was going to say, like, you know, in that movie, she ends up getting, like, revenge on the woman who was having... An affair with her husband, so I was waiting to see like if that was going to happen in this movie too, and um, to my surprise, that didn't happen. Like they ended up working together.
0: Mm-hmm. We get two final girls.
1: Mm hmm. Um, but they did also still do like a fake out ending, which was so epic we were like screaming mm-hmm. when they make it back to the car um one thing that didn't super make sense was how they had keys like they they brought it up so many times throughout the whole movie about needing keys for the car they
0: but they got them out of the water before eric died
1: oh okay okay um it just seemed like there was no way they could have still had the keys on them at that yeah, point yeah it but. was
0: very handy but they they got the bag I think they got the bag when Victor died, maybe.
1: Maybe. So then, um, yeah, they get into the car and they start driving. And I was like, wow, is this really the end of the movie? Or are they going to wake up and still be in the cave? Or, like, what? And then, no, instead, there's, like, a huge, like, fallen tree. And the girl, like, goes to slam on the brakes but ends up crashing the car. And then the car flies and lands in the river.
0: (laughs) They are right back in the water. Out of the fire, out of the frying pan, and into the fire.
1: Yeah, and they're, like, in this, like, jeep. Like, old school jeep that's, like, got water up to, like, halfway up the windows. Mm -hmm. And we have this great moment of Jennifer, like, looking around and being like, wait. This is where the cave empties out. She's like, this is where we just came out of the cave. And then, like, right as she says that, you see this amazing shot from above of, like, the car in water and this giant alligator... or crocodile... <laughs> yep. Swimming up to the car. I love that. I, like, lost my mind.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty awesome because, again... The idea of a car that you are in slowly submerging in water. One of my worst fears. And then they're like, but guys, this isn't scary enough. We're now going to have the very giant crocodile swimming directly towards them. And because Andrew Troucke likes to do these splices of real crocodile footage, like it is footage of a real crocodile, a giant crocodile swimming towards them even though it's not actively in the same scene as them like it just looks so good that you know people talk all the time about how cg effects you don't get the same like weight because you can tell that these things are not moving in the environment or having the impact in the environment that they would if they were practical and there is just something so stressful about watching it be a real crocodile
1: (laughs) it really is especially because in in that part too like they're panicking about the car sinking. But they can't and, get out of
0: the car because there's a crocodile. Yes, exactly.
1: And then it's like the crocodile is coming so slowly, but they also use such a good shot of it where it's like you can see its whole body, like, yep, just below the water. Oh, <clears throat> so terrifying. And I remember we looked it up, right? Like, um... How big they get in Australia? I can't oh, remember, they get no.
0: huge. Let me Google it because we were like, maybe they don't get that big. Uh, Twenty-three feet. Twenty-three feet. That's so long. Oh, oh my it's god! Terrifying. It like ugh, ugh. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So it's
1: a saltwater crocodile. It is the largest reptile on the planet. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yep. And so what, like, I'm going to jump in where you were, Hannah, which is that, like, this crocodile swimming towards them. They find a gun that was in, you know, Chekhov's gun that was in the glove compartment. Mm -hmm. Um, But right when they get the gun out, they look out the window and they can't see the crocodile anymore. And the water is very brackish. So they're like, oh, fuck, where is it? And then it just starts, like, slamming its body into the windows of the car. So scary. It's so fantastic. And eventually they're like, okay, well, we have to get out of the – the car or we're going to drown and they get out and they swim for shore. And, uh, it is like, it's funny because, uh, you and Jeremy and I, you know, Jeremy's friends every year, they have this annual, uh, canoe trip and you and I have become, uh, attendees of said trip. Mm -hmm. And, Jeremy and his friends like to joke about when you're in kind of like still water and along the edges, there's just like lots of like, uh, water plants. If it's like, just like you can see like lots of greenery in the water, you know, Mm -hmm. um, They call that gator country. So, like, as we're watching the movie and they're, like, running towards the edge of the water. And the edge of the water is all, like, plants. And it's, like, you don't know what's in there. And we were just, like, oh, no, gator country. And then (laughs) the gator jumps out of the water from behind them and gets Jennifer and pulls her underwater. Mm Mm-hmm. And now Yolanda is standing alone in the water with the gun screaming.
1: (laughs) They're, like, so close to getting out of the water, too.
0: But the problem is, even when they're out of the water, they're not all the way safe. Like, crocodiles and... I mean, I guess if it was huge, it wouldn't be that fast because it was a really big crocodile. But crocodiles and alligators can move pretty fast on land.
1: Yeah, I mean, it still says, like, a crocodile... Like, these gigantic crocodiles, they can still run 15 miles an hour Shut on land. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> That's horrible. So, funny. like... Yeah, I don't know anyone... I don't know another... I don't know a human who can run 15 miles an hour <laughs> on...
0: Oh. oh, that makes me want to barf. That's so gross. Oh, I hate it. Um, so then, Jennifer... Does Jennifer get out by herself? I just watched this. I should remember. Jennifer survives, but I don't remember how. Like,
1: Yeah, she... Um, she yeah, like, she... I feel like I have this memory of her, like, popping up out of the water, like... <gasps>
0: <laughs> and then they shoot the crocodile because we get this epic shot from yeah, in did the water she, like, of the crocodile, like, it? sinking with its, like, mm-hmm. belly up into the water.
1: Yeah, and then when, the, when that happened, I was like, you know, I kind of feel sad because it's, like, it's not the crocodile's fault that all these, like, jackass humans wandered into her home. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I was just like, that's not fair. She was just trying to hang out in her nest. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, they just came at, you know, crocodiles are territorial. We learned that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to tell you a little bit because I enjoyed this movie so much, uh, the second time around that I went ahead and watched the original Blackwater. So the original Blackwater is based on a true story, as is the reef. Um, and they both seem to follow their, unlike most movies that are like, we're based on true events. Andrew Trappi's movies seem to pretty closely match what the true mm-hmm. story is. And so the original movie is about a couple, um, a married couple, and then the younger sister of the wife sort of going on this like extended holiday driving across Australia. And they go with a guide, to go fishing in this mangrove area in a really rural, remote part of Australia. Um, and their boat gets tipped over by a crocodile who kills their guide. And so they're all, if you're familiar with mangrove trees, they grow in the water. So they're all like up in the boughs of the mangrove trees trying to stay safe. And the crocodile is just kind of like swimming around below them and they can't get back to the boat. And it's it was quite good. Um, And I just wanted to shout out a couple things that were really awesome that I liked. One was there's a great scene where a character gets eaten and they do like a bird's eye view shot where the crocodile has basically bit the person at the torso and you're just seeing it from above. And it's horrifying because again, the person is not really in the crocodile's mouth, but it is a real crocodile in the shot. So it looks horrifying. And there is a scene where a character holding a gun gets their their arm bit by a crocodile and shoots the crocodile from inside its head, and I was like, I would crawl must have gotten that idea from Blackwater. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so Hannah, did we miss anything with Blackwater Abyss that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I do want to share with you some surprising facts about Australian alligator or er, crocodiles <laughs> that I just do. learned. Please do. Um. A human can apply 100 pounds of pressure per square inch with our jaws. I already hate this. Yeah. A crocodile can apply 5,000 pounds of pressure Mm. per square inch with their jaws.
0: That's going to fuck you up.
1: So they can literally crush, like, human bones with their mouths very easily. Yeah. Um... Although it says that they also are reported to kill less than one human per year. So they don't really attack people very often. But this is also something that's good to know and maybe explains some of the deaths in this movie. It says, although they are extremely fast swimmers, they cannot swallow prey underwater.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So oftentimes they like crush up the prey. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, take them to land. And it says that sometimes they play with it under the water. <laughs> um, but they have these valves in their mouths that close their throats so that they won't, like, drown, I guess. hmm So they have to drag their food on land to actually eat it.
0: Yeah. And the the character who gets her arm bitten in the original movie, that's what happens to her. She gets attacked underwater, and then she wakes up on land. Ugh. like next to a body. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, my
1: God. I got to watch this. Pretty
0: good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Um, it says in Australia, it's not uncommon to be told to be careful along the water's edge as crocodiles will hang out there and are capable of ambushing in a blink of an eye.
0: Ugh, No, thank you.
1: Again, why would you go if you were Australian <laughs> and you grew up there? Why would you if you were pregnant, <laughs> you just found out you were pregnant? Why would you go <laughs> into the outback and go cave diving?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Hannah, some people live very adventurous lives, and we are not those people.
1: Oh my God, seriously. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like at Target the other day. And I was trying to find, this all Jeremy's fault, but when I was in Kansas City with you guys, Jeremy discovered that Kraft makes bottled versions of my favorite Taco Bell sauce. Yep. So I was looking for it at Target, and I couldn't find it, but I found this other, like, other some kind of sauce, and I was looking at it, and it was like $5, and it said, like, special spicy sauce or something. And I was looking at it, and I was like, ooh, $5 is a lot to spend for something to be possibly too spicy. So that's, like, the extent of my
0: adventure.
1: Adventure. I
0: was wondering, like, how this was going to relate back to the crocodiles. That's awesome.
1: Then I was like, do I splurge and possibly buy a sauce that's too spicy? And then I was like, whoa, whoa, Hannah, better not. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, you're such a boob. Well, Hannah, I know we've established that you don't really drink Bloody Marys anymore because of tummy issues, but um, it is still the, the scale that we use. And so out of five Bloody Marys, how many Bloody Marys are you going to give to Blackwater Abyss?
1: Um, I think I would give it four Bloody Marys and a beer back. So, like, four and a half. Because it was so fun. Like, it had everything I wanted from a movie of this nature. Like, it was fun. It it had, like, very creative kills. Mm-hmm. The pacing was amazing. The Like, the amount of tension was... Like, the fact that it had you, me, and Jeremy all at the same time, like, truly, like, gripping our seats, like, scared. Yep. Yep. um, Was great. And, yeah, it's, like, I was honestly expecting it to be kind of, like, Deep Blue Sea with crocodiles. And it was, like, I mean, it, it exceeded my expectations.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I, th- I think I will land about the same place. I think I'm going to go for Bloody Marys. Um, I was trying to think of like, th- I know they went out drinking in the movie, but I don't know what they were having, so I can't do like a fun callback to that. Um, I'm with you. I think the only thing I would have liked is I enjoyed the dynamics we get around the characters, but I felt like some of the characters and it may have been a result of the acting or it may have been a result of the writing like some of the characters could have been more dynamic like i didn't get as invested in all the characters as i did in something like a deep blue sea
1: Um, that's true yeah so
0: i would take i would just like i thought victor was great and i was just like my heart broke for him the whole movie but
1: i did end up
0: caring a ton about the two women like i would have loved them to be um, and it's, you know, it's also because so many, compa- it lends itself to comparisons yeah. to Descent, which has, like, such amazing performances. Right.
1: And I think also, like, whilst we get this, like, you know, like, love triangle and everything, they don't ever, like, explicitly talk about it. Because, understandably, they're also, like, we have other things going right. on that are more pressing right now. But I think that that also can be... A little bit of a letdown, too. Because they kind of slow burn this reveal, like, throughout the whole movie. Right. But then they never... Once it's, like... Once it's realized, they never have, like, an actual confrontation about it. Um. So that kind of feels, like, unfinished. And, like... And, like, when she confronts them-ish. Like, doesn't even really confront them. She just, like, makes it clear that she knows. Um... That's, like, right before Eric sacrifices himself for them. So he's, like, not totally vindicated, but...
0: He's off the hook
1: for the most part. Yeah, and also, like, yeah, he does something, like, selfless very quickly so that, you know... Like, I, I feel like they build, 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 build to that reveal, and then once they did reveal it, then they try to, like, kind of move on from it very quickly. Yeah, it gets rushed um middle. Yeah, so I agree that, like, you know, that part could have been could have been uh, better handled or, like, just done without.
0: Yeah, but like you said, I mean, this movie, if you're looking for a really fun creature feature, this movie is going to check all the boxes, and it was just a blast to watch. So I think we would both strongly recommend it. Um, so for in later news this week, there has been a lot of talk, understandably, about uh, – Missouri and the impact that Missouri politics and politicians play uh, nationally because of Josh Hawley, who is the worst. Um, So for those of you that don't know or don't remember, I live in Missouri now. I'm a Missouri transplant, and I've been here a little over three years. And uh, my fiance, who is a native Missourian, always jokes that like whenever Missouri shows up in national news, it's like, oh, God, it's going to be something bad. Um, And... As I said, I think we are all well aware of uh, Josh Hawley being a shithead. So mm-hmm. I wanted to counterbalance him with our in-lady news this week by talking about Cori Bush. Um, do you know who Cori Bush is, Hannah?
1: Um, is that your mayor?
0: No. Cori Bush um, is the first black woman who was elected to represent Missouri in Congress.
1: Oh. She's a
0: house member from st louis so she was sworn in january 3rd and then obviously the insurrection at the capitol happened january 6th and Mm -hmm. um obviously jeremy and i live in kansas city so we we don't get in any way to like vote for or claim cory bush but we have both been really uh enjoying following her since she got elected and are really excited that she's taking office so i just wanted to talk about some of the really awesome stuff that she's done in her you know, two or three weeks.
1: Um, Who's the, who, who was the mayor, though, the one who said great googly moogly?
0: Quentin Lucas is the mayor of Kansas City. That
1: was the best. Yeah. That made me laugh so hard. He's pretty
0: great, too. Um, So, when,
1: uh, just to, yeah, just to clarify that it was a, it was in response to a tweet by Josh Hawley about, like, how he was going to support, um, like, the election being not... He was going to try to,
0: like, stand against the electoral votes being counted.
1: Yeah, and he had this, like, you know, like, very, like, I'm going to do this and watch me, like, watch me do this thing on uh on his, like, Twitter, and the mayor of Kansas City responded, well, great googly moogly.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Um <sighs> But I wanted to tell you about some of the badass stuff that Cori Bush has done in her very short time. So when the House voted on whether or not to uh, put the articles of impeachment towards the Senate and everyone got to stand up and say what they thought, this is what Cori Bush said. She stood up and said, St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald Day Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president, who invited a white supremacist insurrection. It is communities like Missouri's 1st District that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with the white supremacist in chief. Thank you, and I yield back." So she's awesome for that. I should mention Cory Bush is a black woman. Um, she also immediately after the, resurre- the insurrection um, tweeted, expel the Republican members of Congress who invited the white supremacist attempted coup. Um, and she is one of the most vocal advocates right now uh, pushing Joe Biden to end the death penalty federally. Um, she's sort of leading the charge to do that. So she is on the cover of Vogue, Teen Vogue, sorry. Um, she was the cover of Teen Vogue this month. And so I will link to the profile that they put together for her, but I just wanted to shout out, and I will include this in our links about her. Um, In her photo shoot for Teen Vogue, she wore a jacket that is a camo jacket, and one sleeve of the jacket is black, and on the sleeve of the jacket are the names of people who have died at the hands of police violence in St. Louis. Mm. Um, So I'm really excited to see what she does, and especially since Missouri has been in the news for having a jackass like Josh Hawley speak for us um, in the Senate. I'm really excited for the work that Cory Bush is doing in the House. <laughs> so that's our inladier news. If you all want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email. We would love that. Um, our email address is the number 28. I wouldn't.
1: I'm quite busy, as I've established. All right. Well,
0: you don't even read our emails, ma'am. So <laughs> you can email us at the number 28 daysladier at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at the number 28 dayslady underscore er. Um, Hannah, do you have any wise words for our listeners as we send them off into a new week?
1: Um, Just like. Um, always pee after sex.
0: That sounds good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Clink! Clink!